Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers! Welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. Our other host, Toasty, is here with me, and Toasty has recently finished the first two episodes of the season three of The Witcher on Netflix. I've gotten through all five of them, but we're going to just stick to the first two episodes on this episode of the show. And uh, our goal here, Toasty, is to explain to them uh, what? The things that are different, the things that worked, the things that didn't work. We're trying to have, we're trying to have a very objective eye, but of course there are certain things that we emotionally react to, so we'll be sharing that stuff as well. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Toasty? Good. I was trying to make my camera unblur. I've succeeded finally. Nice, nice. So you're ready to go. I'm ready to go. We have the first two episodes of season three, and I I just want to preface this before we get into the individual pieces as we kind of go through the episodes that mm. clearly they've been saying this is more in line with the books. This is more we're more in line with the books. But they also have the entire second season, which went way off of what happens in the books. So there's a lot of stuff that happens in the first five episodes and especially in these first two episodes that is basically cleanup for that. That's kind of the way I feel like one of the big things that happens in the first episode is that they are like the three of them, Geralt and Siri and Yennefer are all moving from place to place, trying to keep each other safe. But that doesn't happen in the books. And there's also the whole thing with Yennefer and Geralt's relationship being a mess because she betrayed everybody. That didn't happen in the books, right? So they, I feel like they needed that whole first episode to try to like remove some of the mistakes they made in the second season. But then in, even in doing that, they kind of take it in different directions that weren't there anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Is that kind of the feeling you got? Mm-hmm. Although I do have like some thoughts on that. So okay. Cool. Okay. Well, let's go through the scenes. We have we have the intro scene where uh, Geralt is discovered by these people who are searching for them, and he basically kills everybody. Right? He just like yeah. slaughters them all. Yeah. Like uh, oh, we're gonna intro the season with a fight scene kind of thing. Right. Um, right. I mean, I'm cool with the fight scene. I'm cool with the intro. They just it was very, it was very silly and goofy like with the amount of blood splatter the slow-mo on it like the way it was like done Mm -hmm. because like they don't film any of the other fight scenes with this over-the-top goriness that they put into just this part it's like like they needed they needed a like we need to kick this off with a really cool fight scene so that everybody knows what this show can do but then they had him fight like the dumpiest people who had no chance against a witcher and and fine with that and That's then they were like well we need to make it exciting because these guys stand no chance and so they add the slow-mo and all the blood and stuff i mean part of this part of the show is making all of the fight scenes more exciting than they actually are because like in the books like anytime someone wants to fight Geralt, unless they're like a very significant foe or like a monster or whatever it they're not a threat yeah like i mean they made the um I can't remember the damn name, but the brothers from the last season that they showed that whole fight scene, that was just a massacre for Geralt's. Like he dispatched of them with ease. They never stood a chance. They could barely even see him moving and they made it into a cool fight scene that seemed a bit more fair. So like, I'm fine with seeing him just like run through people with ease, but like you can just do it as a regular fight scene. You don't got to put weird gory effect. I mean, that one dude fell on the ground and there was a gush of blood that came out of the stump of where of his (laughs) neck. And it was like, I feel like this has also been kind of the trend lately is to just keep adding more blood to fight scenes and impacts and things to make them just feel more visceral, even though it like it's, it's it's more than what would humanly come out of a person. Right. Like, so there's a little bit of that, but let's move on. We've got uh, <laughs> you have here in the notes your first sigh, dear friend. Yeah, I sighed a lot in this first. They episode. they played up the dear friend stuff in the notes a lot. Yeah, they they brought in the dear friend, right? But instead of like in the instead of how it is in the books, where Geralt uh, writes Jennifer a dear friend letter. Um, and he uses dear friend because he really doesn't know how to address her while also trying to kind of have like, I think it's like 
be more of a stealthy letter. He's not trying to use names, so he's trying to like keep it a little bit underboard. He says, "Dear friend," right, and, and Jennifer then... gives him shit for that later. <laughs> right, she doesn't uh, want to be called friend, yes, because she thinks it's stupid as fuck. And they switch it, and now Jennifer's the one calling Geralt "dear friend." Um, but like, part of the premise of "dear friend" is that like they are trying. He's trying to send a letter across the continent and keep it a secret and not draw attention to it. She's just nailing it to his door. Mm -hmm. You don't actually need to use like the a steak knife. Fake, yeah. <laughs> stick but, it in yeah. the door. Yeah. And you don't need to use names like this when you're writing a letter <laughs> to someone who's living next door to you. Like it's, right, it's right. not required. Yeah. They're just um, they're trying to use the thing, but it, the context is different because everything's different. They're starting in a different yeah. place. Um, yeah. So then we, but we finally have some training here, right? What do you think about yeah. Siri and training with Yennefer? Yeah. So like also on the point you said before, because this basically we have a giant chunk where they're training, they're doing like little training sessions while they're on the run from just people that, that Ryan's is sending after them. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are keep like they're jumping from house to house to house across different areas of the continent, which, by the way, it's like I will say it's a little strange that there's just these really nice houses just randomly located around the continent in like abandoned locations. Yeah. Yeah. For rent, it, maybe it's, it's like a little strange, like, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but. I actually, so you said that they don't do this in the book and it's like, they, they don't make a point of it in the book, but there is travel that happens, but not that you assume long travel well, times. At this point, the three of them together aren't doing this in the books, right? They do travel for a time together. They're probably, not, it's not quite the same. Yeah. They're not like jumping around trying to remain or, or trying to like run from random mercs but they are trying to hide they are traveling to places together um and will eventually like split um but so like i'm not as opposed to it but this i i kind of actually do like this though this whole like sequence well it gives us living together yeah it gives us this glimpse of them as kind of this family unit even though Geralt is still not forgiving Yennefer but sometimes mm. you know sometimes people and families get upset at each other and they they're a little bit more distant but that doesn't mean they're not there for each other they're not they're not going to help each other out right and he still is allowing Siri to be trained by Yennefer and so there's all of that stuff going on and um so we're able to see the growth it's finally happened now that we've uh ex we've gotten rid of or, or now that Yennefer has already betrayed Siri and we're done with that bit that everyone hated um and now that it's they're all working together and she's getting an opportunity to train with her we're starting to see the bonding happening right, between them. right and and I think that's one of the strong points of the of the show like uh, some of the cinematography is really good. The settings, some of that is really good. Some of the, um, but then the, the relationships, like the building out of the father daughter moments, the seeing how much he actually cares for Siri or the fact that Yennefer's becoming kind of a mother figure and that's kind of evolving there, like the ice skating scene, right? Um, and how they're, they're laughing, like she's training her, it's tough, but they still have these moments of levity and they're eating meals together and those kinds of things, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then we get uh, characters like Yarpin. Yarpin shows up, and he's he's a son of a bitch, and he's, he's, he's great. Yarpin. He's, he's Yarpin. He's great. We he's love great. Yarpin. Yeah. Um, oh. But then you get like fire magic. You have the uh, explanation. There's a lot of these moments in the first episode that kind of reiterate things we've learned so far in the show. You know, fire magic is mm -hmm. bad. Why is it bad? You've got the lesson well, about that. The fire magic, I put a specific note on because that is a lesson that is given to Siri. And I think the context is different because of the way that they've done the show's like magic system as opposed but like we do get a lesson where yennefer is teaching siri the consequences of trying to use fire and that you're not supposed to do that um so and so we get it and they added it and it it's different but i'm glad that it, it was added i'm glad that they made a point to yeah. put this into it right 
Right. That made me happy. Right. So um, it's it's ice it's, skating it, definitely too. By the way, love the ice skating. Scene. Yeah, just, yeah. Because it's just a good nod. <laughs> right, right. And I know a lot of people are up in arms about like, well, a lot of this stuff didn't really happen in the books. And I get it, I get it. But they've also they also have to dig themselves out of a hole a little bit, and they create their own other holes. We'll get into especially, mm-hmm. dude. You're gonna have some opinions by the time we get to the fifth episode for sure. Oh no. <laughs> but some of it is really good. But then like like just. One of the things we can talk about is uh, certain mages and their roles in the Brotherhood. Like that stuff's a little bit kind of shuffled around, you know, like like it's again, it's not the way it works in in the books. You know, um, the, the big event that everybody goes to. Uh, it just works. We'll get there. We'll get there in some future yeah, episodes. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. But um, what did you think about some of these other these other characters or um, like some of the stuff going on with Riant's? Yeah, so um, yeah, we moved past this big chunk of the, like first chunk of the the show or the episode. Um, we got Rians. He's looking for Siri. We already know that, and he's starting to look down other routes. Um, looking for uh, this dude who keeps monsters, um, and in, particularly one called a Jackapace. Um, it's it's a witch. It's a it's a Netflix monster. Um, but yeah. Uh, but apparently you can use it to track Siri. Um, and there's a couple of dudes who take care of them. One regular, like one human, one elf. Um, and like, I don't think they're in, like, they're not important. Um, but it's cool to like, have them in there as, uh, what I particularly saw as an introduction of, uh, fish tech, mm-hmm. uh, into it. Like they're not, I haven't said the word yet in the first two episodes. I don't even know if they will, but we start to notice a very specific like use of uh, drugs. Like these people are over here. Like this dude did does drugs twice in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that um, does kind of start to permeate, permeate what we're witnessing mm-hmm. about the world in a, in a way that yeah. we haven't seen it yet in the show. And it's just a small little like thing of like, this is a thing that's in Witcher lore and like, and like, I'm okay with how they're like, they're showing that people seem to be using it, but mm-hmm. they like, they're not explaining it. They're not telling us what it is yet. And that's fine. But like, uh, it's fine to just have a thing in the background for those people that are going to notice it. Yeah. Like I appreciate that. I was able to be like, Hey, that's that thing. <laughs> right. 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 So, so, um, and we've got a lot to get through cause we want to try and get through the two episodes in this one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got like the reintroduction of the elves, what's going on with the elves trying to survive the whole power struggle kind of coming, yeah. coming out it, of that. It's, it's elven power struggle. They're just, and they're just trying to survive. It's not a whole lot going on, especially in this first episode of them. They're just kind of going back and forth between Francesca and then uh, Galatan, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited because I love uh, both of the Amel brothers as actors. So like Stephen Amel and Robbie Amel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed him right away that the Galatans played by Robbie Amel. So I'm excited to have him in it. And he's in it a lot for the first episode. Like as a new character, he's already like done <laughs> like he's been in it a lot in the first episode yeah yeah i'm gonna i won't say anything more about him because i don't want to spoil anything so um we'll move on from there so now we've got like uh the redanian the redanians let's call them the redanians we've got Dijkstra, philippa we've got uh vitsamir vitsamir we've got and then we've got the change the big change that <laughs> vitsamir is the brother of radovid of Radovid. Not the Radovid father. Is his little brother. And he's a big part of this season. He's apparently. so. Okay. So he comes across like, and this is another one that I'm just going to have to hold my tongue on a little bit. But even in the first and second episode, he's, he's, he's a weird. little bit weird, but is he weird in a, he's more clever than he shows kind of way? Or is he weird in a, He's still just kind of an idiot kind of way. I don't know. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like, if they're going to make him like a genius or whatever, which would be fine because it honestly, I can't tell. 
with how they're doing it. He's he's fooling me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, even, if you could fool me, I'll take it. Yeah. And like, he, that's good. Yeah. Vitsamir is a little different in the show. He's kind of a tactical Vitsamir's genius. Vitsamir's a dumbass and you won't give me that. Like, he's just stupid. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, he's he's but like he does. He does some smart things, but then he's also kind of a dumbass. And this he's mostly just a dumbass. Um, mm-hmm. But like uh, Radovid. Yeah. Kind of question mark. What's going on with him? Yeah. And then, like the, he has weird like mannerisms too, like. Mm-hmm. I noticed like the way that the actor's doing it is making him come off very weird. Like he stares at people so oddly. Like every time he's looking at yeah. someone, yeah. it makes you and they focus up on him, it makes you feel uncomfortable. He and does I'm this like, thing where he like tucks his neck and look looks a little bit to the side like this. Uh, a yeah, lot. And it's a like, lot. Yeah. And then like he also there's a part later on where he's like talking to Philippa after like talking to Yaskia, and she, he like yawns. But it like definitely wasn't a real yawn. Like he's like, whatever you say, Pip. And it's like, what was that? Yeah, like, what was? It that? feels like he's pretending. Is really what that? Yeah, what that feels so, like. Yeah. So I'm all curious right. <laughs> to see, but also yeah, there's the obvious like things of like why the why the hell is this dude right. the little brother of Itzamir and what are they doing with that yeah yeah i'm sure it plays into vitsamir dying and making it more clear that he's just the one who takes the crown or has has some role in it or something but but that's that's we're not there yet um yeah all right so what about we've got a reintroduction to yaskier we have him getting kicked out of a, a woman's place and all of his things being thrown at him which feels appropriate and uh, clearly, they're setting up the whole like he will screw anything and anybody thing in order to get to the whole. Well, okay, maybe he's into guys too. What about Radovid thing? Because that was rumored, and of course, that's part of yeah, the season. It wasn't rumored, a false rumor. Talking about it, yeah, right. So, and so that and, um, and the I'm, we're not rolling our eyes to this because it's not like oh they have a gay character. It's more of well he's just that just doesn't happen in the books. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna roll my eyes at them making like that's fine. Uh, Dandelion. If anybody seems like they could potentially just want to screw anybody, Dandelion feels like he's yeah, the right kind of person just, for that. Right? It's just the person in particular that he might be is kind of like yeah, right. But um, right. anyways, uh, now yeah, the, we get the introduction of Dandelion after like the maze scene, which the maze scene, cool fight scene. Um, <laughs> I was so happy and then so disappointed, though, I will say, from the maze scene, because I was happy to see that they weren't actually using series bait. Like we thought right. we talked about it in the trailer. It looked right. like it. Right. It, she just, just happened to wander off to, um, and they were following and going different places. Yeah. Yeah. Just for them to immediately pitch the idea of using serious bait. And I was like, son of a bitch. Right. Right. <laughs> because that's the immediate thing. But... The Yaskir scene was really cool because this is a uh, pretty much a direct pull. Even some of like from what I remember, some of the, like the words that are used, like you uh, something something son of the devil. I think believe that's a direct pull from um, the Eternal Flame short story from the Sword of Destiny. But they have this scene in there. Mm-hmm. This is the timeline. Obviously, isn't in the same place, but it doesn't really matter in my opinion where you put it because we didn't see the story of Dudu anyways. Yeah. So. Like, I'm cool with it, uh, with them having it. And it was a cool, like, little reference there for, for people that are familiar enough to remember that. Because they started saying the words, and she said, son of the devil. And I was like, wait yeah. a minute. Huh. I recognize this. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have, like, everything kind of plays out. And then we get to the end with the, the elven ruins and the idea mm-hmm. that they are going to use her as bait, sort of. But they're all still there, and they knew they were coming for her anyway. So it's almost like, yeah. well, this is just going to happen. They're going to keep coming for us, so why, maybe we just turn the tables and, then, and we set a trap. I, they this The whole thing they do with Sherwood and Aileron, um, like telling us the story of that, because this is actual, like, this is canonical lore for The Witcher. Um, I can see where they're trying to pull it back. They know that they, it seems like they know they messed up. Um and that they're trying to counterbalance obviously their mistakes and trying to reel those in while also trying to put the world building from their their concept of what they wanted to do with it and how bad that was and actually putting in the world building that we're familiar with yeah 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 there's definitely i mean even for the first five episodes less pillars and like like 
that stuff. I have it. They haven't mentioned a monolith one monolith. time. Yeah, that's it. In, the word in the time, but they haven't. They didn't even show that part of Centra. I don't think. Right. Whenever we're looking. so like I. I ain't right. seen a monolith in my first two episodes. I'll take it. Sure. Now, um, this whole scene at the end, the whole conclusion where, like, they get caught and Rance shows up, but then the elves show up. Like, again, doesn't happen really in the story. But what'd you think of it's it? It's cool. It was a really cool fight scene. Like, it was, it was fun. All of the different elements kind of coming in together and blending. I really enjoyed Um I like what they did with that like small little moment where like Siri and Dara see each other yeah. again for the first time. And like right. they did like the, the, the slow-mo, like the world like slowed down behind them. Yeah. That moment and of I realization like, of like, wait a minute. I yeah, know you. That was cool. I, I really did like that. Right. Um, I, I mean, we know that they do combat good. Like yeah. I can't argue against that. All of this was really cool. The sword play was really cool. We saw some really uh, cool moves from both Siri and, and um Geralt's, of course mm-hmm. um some cool like quick sign play in in the middle of it like they really fast paced too yes. like none of this felt slow yeah the uses um, of signs in the season very very nice quick yeah. they're quick um, they're impactful but they're not overpowered yeah they're, they're just, just useful like, in very specific situations i there's like a couple things though where i was just gonna like like francesca's part in this was i didn't understand like she just walked up to yennefer and then just got blasted back and then she did nothing else and it was like like francesca is a powerful mage as well <laughs> yeah. we know this like, <laughs> right, right why why was she so mid in this <laughs> like was she just got blasted probably because it feels like one of those story beats where you have somebody who is too powerful and the lo- you have to find a way to uh limit them so that the story can play out where you want it to go and so you have a situation where like she gets knocked over oh she's injured or knocked out or whatever so now she can't do the thing that would make it easy for her to just like capture somebody and make a portal and disappear you know like so Mm -hmm. so you you have to kind of like nullify her as being like the you know the most powerful one of that the rest of the group yeah well i mean it's still like i feel like they still could have had some like fun play with that because we know how strong yennefer is and she's got her powers back so like yeah they could have had like a cool like mage type like counterplay battle just between the two of them in the middle of this because like yennefer there's no doubt in my mind that you tell me yennefer is able to like with one hand to take on uh francesca vindabyer and keep the portal open with the other you show me that she's doing that i'll believe it because she is that strong we know that she is so I'm cool, but uh, we'll see, I guess. I just, I don't yeah. want her, I don't want Francesca to be a loser because she's not. Right, right. All right. So anything else about the episode? Uh, I do like, um, I mean, one, seeing like the like more political, like backroom dealings that we got out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm appreciating that. Um, see what they're doing with Yaskier. Um, I don't want him to be a bad guy, but I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I guess they, they really want one of the people that would never betray others like Carol to betray Geralt or something. Yeah. Well, I, I think it also just kind of makes sense from the writer's standpoint that they different people would be trying to manipulate and play into the situation for their own yeah. benefits in different ways. And so they're just trying to show that too. So, yeah. that, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, I like the, the, like the backroom part. I like the, like, what seems like a power struggle between like Philippa and Dijkstra, like they're not like, yeah, they're like they're like butting heads too, even in their own like relationship with each other, which right. I was interesting. Oh, dude, so. it gets it gets a little a little uh, a little weirder can, as it goes. I can imagine, uh, but it's um, it is well done. It's, it's not like clearly one of them is in, over the other, right? Like, in fact, if anything, it implies that Philippa might have more control over Dijkstra than he does of her. Yeah which kind of tracks so yeah i'm I'm totally fine with that um and then uh the mysterious mage thing that they're doing i mean they're just doing it like kind of how everyone else does like oh this mysterious figure that we're not going to reveal till later like that's fine whatever i'm cool with it i think we all know like people who are familiar with the the stories already um are already going to know who it is but i'm not going to say it for the purpose of avoiding spoilers for people who don't um and then uh, the last little bit, they show like a little bit, a thing at Aratusa that wasn't really like 
it wasn't purposeful. Like there wasn't a reason to really have it, but I do appreciate that. Like they even have that little bit of like continuity in there where like to say is taking them out to catch lightning in a bottle, like the new students yeah. that we saw from, mm-hmm. from season one. Um, this seemed like a whole scene just to have, like, I think as to like have a bit of a, maybe Stregobor is the mysterious mage that they're talking about here. Yeah. So there's because a little bit of Stregobor, that. Then they show mysterious mage stuff healing Ryans. Um, right. So there's so. a little bit of that. There's also, they're reminding us of Yennefer's origins. They're reminding mm-hmm. us that Eratusa is not necessarily a safe place for everybody. And so it's a little sketchy that they might want to bring Siri there. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of all of that, but it also, sh- it also reminds us that, Although Yennefer is a very powerful, capable individual at this point, she wasn't always. She was, yeah. she kind of, you know, came out of the dirt and was a nobody for a long time and yeah. barely survived her time at Eratusa. So, um, yeah. so yeah, they're, they're playing a lot of that stuff together. All right. Well, tell you what, that was episode one. We're going to go thank our patrons and we'll be back to talk about episode two, episode two words are hard in just a minute. Here we go. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, here we are. And we have a new patron this week. Draco, welcome to the Patreon. So glad that you decided to join us. Hope you're enjoying your ad-free episodes. And uh, we have to shout out our higher vampire, plural, uh, ben of Tamaria and Jared M. Thank you so much for your support as well and everybody who supports us on the Patreon. If you're interested in getting ad-free episodes or a bunch of other stuff, there's t-shirts that are going out again very soon. Lots of cool stuff for all the different tiers. Then head over to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast and check out all the different stuff you can get. Also, Toasty, we got a new review. This one's pretty short and sweet. Uh, it's from G-MoneySignAV. I don't know how to pronounce that. G Moneyav. I don't I don't know. Uh, in the United States, he writes, love the show. Five stars. I've been watching the show since the very beginning. I've been on the path since playing The Witcher 1 and I never looked back. I beat all the games, keep up with the show and have yet to read the books. However, one thing I must say is his name is Yorvith. Yorvith. Pronounced Y-O-R-V-E-T-H. Uh, crying smiley face. Love hand. <laughs> love fingers. Uh, keep up the good work, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little Geralt mm-hmm, at the end. Nice. Well, thank you so much for that. If you would like to leave us a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. Plus, you can rate us on Spotify and all sorts of other places. So we really appreciate that. And all of it helps. All right. Time to move on with the rest of the show. Here we go. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, we're back, Toasty. Time for episode two. How do you feel about episode two? Um, I mean, it's it was kind of like a like mid like it's it's one of those like middle of the season episodes that I don't think is like it like it's not meant to be incredibly good, but like a, again, it, I don't think it was bad. Yeah, like at it's all. introducing characters and plot points and just kind yeah, of moving the much. story forward without anything too crazy happening. So, yeah. yeah, so we get a number of different characters that show up. Who do you yeah, want to start so, with? So, I mean, well, we get the introduction of Applegat, um, which he's just like, he's just a messenger um, who kind of runs into various people throughout the stories or whatever. And it seems like that's what he's doing here. Um, uh, but it's also a means of, like, I guess, introducing series visions that she has mm-hmm. she like sees his mm-hmm. death or whatever right she runs um, into him she and yennefer are at the place together and she bumps into this guy and we're like oh 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 but he better not recognize her but she recognizes him from a vision mm-hmm. yeah so i mean like, it's just an intro it's a cool little like hey there's this person people are going to recognize the name we don't have to tell you anything else about him yet and that's fine cool with it yeah um yeah Okay. They don't. They don't need to try to explain, like introduce new characters and explain all their stuff. They learned that lesson from Blood Origin. Thank you. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. And so, uh, so we move on, and Geralt goes and visits these uh, shady, this shady couple. Is Codringer and Finn? We saw them in season two. We've seen them. They, yeah, they we've seen them in season two. Um, they're like detective researcher type peoples or whatever. Geralt uh, visits them. 
a few times in the books to like get information from them um and specifically this one is a very important this one aligns with it because he does go uh, and visit them during kind of this point in the story um and they do introduce to him the concept of the false siri which is what i'm seeing is going to be another plot point in this uh in this season right um, right and they do it a little it, bit different in the show it's kind of yeah inverse from the way it actually happened but yeah so um, this, the false series is actually they actually have information so codringer and finn in the books have actual information on her like they know who she is um and like where to find her and they basically tell them like hey you should like take advantage of this person and use her as like a decoy and Geralt says no and he leaves and that's that um here they're just kind of like hey you need to find a decoy we yeah. don't know who but you <laughs> need to find someone who looks like her because it's drawing too much attention um right so right so that that plays into other stuff about like who these other girls that show up and all of that stuff but mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get there um but then we have uh, a remind we have a reminder about those two characters and then we have the reminder of like a mirror here's a mirror yeah so it was i think it was like an interesting scene to like of it because i mean as far as i know we don't get anything about a mirror until like the games really except for like the small teeny little bits from the books but so it was interesting i guess uh i just to see maybe just to give us a bit of perspective on how they're going to portray his personality yeah or like just to give intro on the personality to people who aren't familiar with him. Right. I feel um, like he's played really well and he shows up in more than just this episode. So, uh, mm -hmm. the actor they chose the, the, like, is it the same actor? I think it is. I think it I is. Think so, but it was like, he looks different enough that I wasn't sure. Yeah. I don't know. He's got more that. facial hair and stuff. So I'd, I'd have to go back and look. They did. It's the same actor from the end of season two. There's a season two at, at the end, yeah. like the last episode reveal. I could That's the same the, actor for sure. I think he's the same one from like even before because like his voice sounds mm -hmm. like familiar. Right. And I don't think I've seen this dude in anything else. Right. So. But he comes across extremely capable. Uh, very, very smart, very cautious. Uh, he, like he looks like the kind of person who could be the emperor of this gigantic force that's swallowed more the accepting of the elder races than those of the continent yeah so there's uh, that too at, yeah. least, at least maybe in the sense of like they he recognizes their strengths and that the like what they could offer him and that he's willing to use those whenever they're superior because he talks i mean he makes a very fine point of like he prefers dwarven forged uh swords uh mahakam steel Right. Uh, so right now, maybe that's a temporary thing until, you know, they take over and then they get rid of everyone else, too. You yeah. know, that may be just part of the steps in his plan. Um, but mm -hmm. then we get a reminder about both Fringilla and Kahir, who have been important characters over the last two seasons. Yeah. So Fringilla has been uh, demoted down very far to a poison tester. Yeah, and this is again another thing that just like Frangilla's story and Kahir's story are not the same in the show than they are in the books. Mm, like, I mean, we don't really know if Frangilla doesn't have much of a story in the books. Right. This is all like, uh, this is all just made up stuff. Uh, yeah. But she's alive, and she's a poison tester, and she's with a bunch of other people who have been thrown in for this. This and is their I think punishment. She's in a state of perpetual. Dr drunkenness, drunkenness? Because yeah because she's it's all wine wine right yeah, yeah. Right, right right but she yeah. she finds a way to escape uh then let's jump over to kahir right kahir also mm -hmm. is being punished he has to go on these raids and things uh yeah. and is being treated like a very low-level soldier as opposed to somebody yeah. who, of his station pretty much but apparently him and galatan are friends and have been like uh conniving together um because he want Kahir wants Galatan to take over the elves. Right. Uh, right. So, um, and that's, I mean, we get that and we get the explanation as to like why he's in his position now, but that's all we're going to get from them from this episode. Right. And even though, and again, if, even though this is non book canon stuff, like I'm glad they're continuing these stories with these characters because I feel like Kahir has been an interesting character. Like they've done, mm -hmm. they've done some good work with him. Frangilla has well, been an gonna, interesting character. 
assuming that they try to follow the route um, in the show that Kahir has, he's going to become even more significant later on. He is he is a very prominent character in like I would say the latter like part of the book series. Right. So he they kind of have to keep him around unless they just want to scrap that entire story and right or they could they just don't. like you know not talk about him for a while and then bring him back again in a few seasons and be like while you weren't paying attention to key here this is what's going on and this is why he's back yeah but it's, they're kind of but they showed us fringilla they kind of have to like that like be like oh well because the moment we see fringilla they're like you everyone's gonna be like well what about the other guy you know right. they're both were in trouble right so. and speaking of other people we finally have the introduction of kira kira metz um yeah. um it's I it's was, her. It's Kira Metz for sure. Uh, like yeah, that, that gets like she mentions Kahira or I'm sorry, Kahira, Kira, Kahir, Kira. Similar sounding yeah. words. <laughs> Kira is. is mentioned because Yennefer and, and Siri show up at her shop. She happens to be running some sort of potion shop, which I feel like is more of a callback to The Witcher Three than it is the books. Yeah, yeah, because I think she's supposed to be around this time, but like. A Redanian court mage, if I remember. Like, yeah, so. yeah. So why is she running like a potion shop in some little village or something? Yeah, but, I, I don't know. But but that's you know, her. We get her, and it's it's a brief inter- introduction, and then we get a yeah. reminder that Stregobor is still total ass. Yeah, uh, Stregobor still total ass. Um, they're like it's the mages are having like all the prominent mages, the important ones are kind of having a bit of an argument. I I do like. Like that now that there's kickback towards Stregobor. It's getting a little bit of pushback. Kind of, yeah. yeah, everyone was willing to go along with whatever dumbass idea he had in like the first two seasons. But like, I mean, he's saying what he like his normal stuff. And Vilgefortz even says, well, I'd, I'd expect nothing less from you because <laughs> right, you're the right. ra- like you're the racist <laughs> asshole. Like we know to expect that you want to kill all elves like it, it's nothing new like it's right. nice to see pushback on it um on that uh mm-hmm. so but and then, but then we get to play the whole like well there's girls missing from eratusa thing yes. which feels like okay it's obviously it's eratusa who's who's going to be involved well who don't we like right like there's a lot of that like well maybe this yeah. guy's involved kind of thing going on yeah a lot of uh hinting happening in these first two episodes for these greater plot hooks um right. yeah uh and then we get like quite possibly uh one of the most surprising uh scenes i would have expected out of this <laughs> this show um kink therapy yeah that's, what I, that's the best explanation i have for what that scene was yeah i mean uh, you're talking um philippa and the philippa and deekstra, and deekstra. philippa is like I think, I think it shows outfit. I think it shows and, like their relationship though like this idea that like they're both in it for these like kind of sketchy reasons and this is one of those things that makes people feel uncomfortable right like and it, she's clearly mm-hmm. lashing his back open <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is this is more than just you know like scratch some nails on my back and oh I kind of that kind of mm, yeah I like that yeah like, this is like it's intense torture me kind of stuff yeah. which is and, super out there so like Dijkstra, I guess it has like a lot of remorse about the stuff that he does. Um, yeah, it, it shows some insight into his character a little bit. Yeah, where I'm getting the complete opposite. I don't think Philippa has any remorse for any bad shit that she does. It doesn't all. come across like she does. No, yeah, but no. I mean, I guess I, I guess props to like being open to fulfilling his needs uh, on that part. That's, yeah, I guess they kind of have a caring relationship in that regard. Well, at least it's beneficial it to each one. of them in some weird way, right? So we yeah. got that. Um, we've got you ask more. You ask your stuff. Yeah, Yaskier at the party with Radovid. The big takeaway is that um, <laughs> they're pushing this romance. <laughs> they're making this a thing. The Radovid Yaskier romance. There's like definitely like tension moments there, and it's like I like how uncomfortable. Yes, Gary is. And then he's like, <clears throat> all of a sudden he's in the spotlight again, doing his thing. And then that becomes comfortable. And, and yet, yeah, no, he's, he's super uncomfortable at first. And then like, yeah. after he does the performance, he like, he like leans back in the chair with the wine, props his legs up. Like he's all, he's, and maybe that's part of like Radovid's like scheme. If he is the genius that they might be hinting he's at is that he's 
making it seem like he's now the one on the back pedal when he's actually still like manipulating the situation right right yeah that could be it that could be i mean they're absolutely absolutely playing into what Yaskier wants like the fame mm-hmm. and and people being like oh my god this is a great song play another song like he, he clearly wants that right um yeah. but he also there's the line where he says uh something about like having to navigate a dem- den of vipers like he leaves clearly knowing that like this is a dangerous situation i'm in but yeah. it's i'm still flattered to be here that kind of thing yeah but this is just another aspect of the like backroom dealings that we're seeing it's all playing the game like there's a whole lot of playing the game in this first two episodes so far yeah so I'm assuming it's going to keep going all right so, so so we talked about all those characters let's let's see we've got more Geralt stuff we've got more yennefer being a mom stuff what do you want to cover next yennefer mom I mean, stuff and then maybe the Geralt uh, stuff with like the the big spooky monster thing at the end sure um yeah so siri back back in that whenever we saw kira siri is uh we're seeing a lot from these is that siri is trying to like take charge and be like responsible to like helping the continent become like be in a better place mm-hmm. blurry again come on yeah she, um, she she feels the importance of her role and wants to do good things with it wants to yeah. use it for for good and of course is a little bit hasty to make certain kinds of decisions in the midst of that so you have the whole parenting thing happening with like yeah and the vision of course the visions aren't helping with that either because she's seeing people having bad fates (laughs) um and she's trying to help these people even when like yennefer says it early on like how do you know that his death won't prevent greater harm like you don't that that is a fair point um but yeah so we're getting i mean we even got the line right we got i'm not angry i'm just disappointed they straight up said yeah. that i thought yeah. that was hilarious right but it's a very parent yeah, we're thing getting to say. yennefer teaching siri lessons about like the greater consequences of the things that they do yeah. um and it eventually does lead to uh her taking siri back to where her i guess her home was Uh, it's gone now it's just an empty field um and basically giving siri insight to like this is who i was before right and it's because of these things that i did have actually had long impacting consequences on the continent now yeah it feels like a very real kind of situation not only for like a parent child thing to be like the person you see in front of you right now isn't who i've always been let me tell you let me explain to you my path so maybe that'll help you find your path yeah but it also re like and and this is uh, they did this well is they reinforced the fact that so much of what has happened politically on the continent really can go back to some very specific decisions that yennefer made yeah and how that influenced so much of what else is going on i think the other part of this that i do really enjoy is that it's like it's showing like i think a fairly like healthy like mom daughter type relationship because like siri is a teenager and she's doing some teenager type things like talking back to her mom whenever she doesn't like that she's getting yelled at right or Um, overestimating her own capabilities yeah and Mm -hmm. like instead of and i think this like sometimes you see this a lot is that like parents just kind of become petulant and like the same regard where it's like you know teenager says some some out-of-pocket stuff the parent gets mad and just like punishes them or whatever for it right yennefer just immediately like routes and is like okay well like i do know exactly like you say i don't know what it's like to struggle for my own like autonomy i do i absolutely do and i'm going to show you right Uh, right. i'll give you proof you understand right that i'm not just getting on your ass for no reason i understand where you're coming from yeah I like that. Yeah, I like, I like the, that the representation there too. Right. So yeah, I think all of that feels really good. In fact, that's one of my one of my big positives for the season is that the actual interpersonal stuff actually plays out pretty well. Like there, that stuff rings true, even uh, even if it's done differently than it was in the books, it still rings true to like Yennefer trying to be a good mom. Like the way the yeah. the character motivation for some of that stuff. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, that's like. I mean, that's personally. This is why I think this is definitely up there because that's personally my favorite parts of stories is the characters and how they like interplay with each other. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, speaking on, speaking of other characters, we've got Geralt. Geralt's on the yeah. on the hunt for Rians. Ends up going to some yeah. creepy looking castle. Gets into the dungeon part. Finds fights a hundred handed monster thing. This like like, like the weird heads, amalgamation the of three arms heads and of the bodies. of the poor girls that are like sticking off that like the CG there isn't super great. Uh, but then there's the one yeah, girl who has overall it. terms that don't fit specifically into the episodes that we could talk about after. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> It is weird. It's creepy. That monster was kind of like terrifying. Like this is one of the harder fights we've seen Geralt have. Yeah, um, they definitely which, went into body horror in a very like yeah distinct, strong kind uh, of way. Definitely. Um, but yeah, he fights this thing and he finds uh, the who I will be referring to as we talk about these things. The false Siri. Right. Um, right. And the big reveal at the end is that she thinks she's Siri. Yeah, she like, thinks that she is, in fact, Siri. Right. So um, it's a little weird, um, like the the whole thing at the end with her, like, thanking you, Siri. She's Siri. I'm like, kind of like, what's the reason for this? I hope they explain because that was that one felt like and I get that. they're. I think they're trying to do a couple like like horror type elements, especially in this episode, because they have the mm-hmm. body horror. And this is like kind of a horror thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, the what the fuck like what did you just say kind of thing yeah like he's definitely taken aback so right but yeah so Geralt's got false Siri now right um okay so anything else there's a few other things we skipped over anything else you want to point out um oh gosh what else did, well, I, did Cut, I skip over anything Cudringer and Sven so, get oh toasted yeah <laughs> that's good that was a little bit of a surprise that was like okay okay i guess they're done they're gone so that's that's actually a thing that happens in the books uh ryan's doesn't does it, do it himself he right. sends like an agent to do it but uh, i don't think it he burns feels them, but. early but maybe i'm wrong it feels like it happened too soon like i think they played their part that they were supposed to the false series kind mm-hmm. of the last big thing that codringer and finn i think contribute and so and the fact that they have information on like who's in charge or something and right, so right. yeah ryan's does send wrap it up they're, they're done they're yeah they're de- except for their cat um and yeah. philippa's is on the trail of ryan's now um right right which and then is, i think maybe also they meant to do another kind of like possible like maybe it's philippa that's manipulating things because like she goes she's like maybe i should check in with these two and then they immediately get killed by Ryans. It yeah. does lead to maybe like they're definitely trying to like be like, well, who is it? Who's right. the person they're trying who's to imply the strings here? Who is the evil mage here? That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so is it Philippa? Is it Stregobor? And then then we've got a few other mages that show up. We've got a reminder about Desea and Vilgefortz and their relationship. Yeah. And how I close that was cute. They've I thought the scene was cute. Yeah. Again, another thing that doesn't really happen the same way in the books, but. They've already established it. It wouldn't. It would be silly to just be like, "Well, they're they're not together right now." Um, mm-hmm. They're together. It's been established in the show, but you know, he gives her a little trinket. Um, of course, every time that happens in a show, that becomes important for something, right? Yeah. Like my initial yeah. thought they, was, they did the close up on the bracelet too, right. so that's going to be uh, something important. Yeah, my initial thought was, <clears throat> is that magical? Is he less trustworthy than we thought? Or is this just kind of a nice thing? Um, and we get, obviously, we're going to get more about that in the next few episodes. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, yeah. But that's pretty cool, too. Any other any other thoughts? Um, I did have some, like, overall thoughts. Um, we talked about that, like, the, the weirdness of, like, the first fight scene. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, there was, like, kind of a, a thing, like, with the, it was less in the second episode, but like in the first episode, there was like a lot of parts felt like hazy. Like, like it had the like way a, it was like, it had like a weird, like film to like the most of the scenes, like a fuzzy gloss over the scene, like a, uh, one of those like lifetime specials where everything looks a little bit, a little bit fuzzy and soft. Yeah. Kinda it like was, I, I, yeah, I, was, I don't know. I didn't notice that, but I'll um, have to go back and look. It just felt, especially like in that first scene, it could like it felt like there was like a haze and like a slight fisheye, like in that first like whatever he's like talking in the bar with the the dude looking for you know Geralt mm-hmm. and like it felt so weird. And then maybe maybe it's just like the darkness of like the maze scene that made it seem like that. But it felt like there was kind of a weird haze whenever they were in the maze. I don't know. 
maybe um, maybe i didn't um, notice it in the second hmm. episode yeah i have to wonder i have to wonder sometimes the dark scenes uh they do uh, in film they'll do what's called day for night they'll film it at, in the day but then they'll do a, a cg pass which reduces the the color and then they'll like redo the background or whatever in order to make it look like it's nighttime but you can still see everything very clearly which yeah. is nice for storytelling because it allows you to see everything but it doesn't look like the way either a human eye or a camera actually will film a dark scene um so maybe you're picking up on some of that maybe that might be it Uh, just it felt like there's just something about it that felt like weird to me and i just picked up on it um and so that was the thing i hung on to they're also i can definitely feel like the filming style of this is very different from the last season Mm-hmm. Like the way that I I think during, especially like some of those action scenes or whatever, like the like full, like circle camera. I don't remember that, but it like, we got that a couple of times in the first episode, like yeah. whenever Geralt comes back out of the portal, they do a full circle shot. Sorry, I dropped something, <laughs> a full circle shot around him and then focus in on like his sword. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I, it feels like they're doing different things, which is if they're just doing new stuff. Right. You know, it sure, almost like, it almost feels to me like different effects and direction happen in different scenes. Like sometimes movies or TV shows will say like directed by so and so. But really, it was directed by that person for like the main story beats. But the individual scenes themselves were actually directed by other people or or and or there was a different effects team like a you know post team doing the special effects of certain scenes than other scenes so a scene where you have like a 360 camera spin around a character and then a zoom in on a sword probably actually has a lot more cg in it than it seems like because in order to do that smoothly you you have to have elements in there that would be very hard to film actually in the scene um but then like those scenes looked good but then you have the scene with the monster like some of the monster fight scenes feel very disconnected they feel very like like the quality is a little bit less like maybe that was a different team of of effects artists or maybe that's those scenes didn't get as much of the budget like that could be part of it too yeah um and then like i noticed the last big one on that is i noticed that like when yin takes siri back to like her home or whatever uh like that i think that whole set was like like had was like green screen and you could tell yeah or something like it was very like like fuzzy like the background was fuzzy and just like they felt they looked like you can see that kind of like element around them like they they were cut out they look realistic and they're cut out and placed into like something else yeah like that's called looks rotoscoping yeah like the so. rotoscoping them into a different scene usually you can tell the most uh modern stuff because the light sources <clears throat> don't actually match the way the background light mm-hmm. source is so it like there's something that triggers in your mind you're like wait a minute there's they're front lit but there's clearly a sun on the horizon in the background <laughs> you know like yeah. that's not how that works yeah yeah that one's so that one made that scene feel a little weird um we've i've talked plenty about like the the like outfits and stuff and like our mm-hmm. trailers yeah um, other than yennefer's outfit how'd you feel about the rest of the costuming i was fine with the rest of it so it's just far. that one blouse she wears that looks like it's from yeah, like, like one, tj maxx uh, or something yeah yeah which i guess is her supposed to be more in like traveling clothes but like that was kind of the whole point is that yennefer even when traveling still is yennefer fashion she doesn't yeah she doesn't care about yeah and and to the most part that was actually just kind of the shirt she wore underneath the other part of her outfit which she wore most of the time that was another thing i noticed is that that was like it's like she probably just covered up unless she was warm or hot and then yeah took everything else off i liked her purple cloak i thought that was neat Mm -hmm. that was that was kind of cool and i also something else maybe like different like contacts or something or like maybe the way they're like doing the makeup or something like they're I felt like the eyes looked far less like weird out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like in the past with Siri looked like she kind of had like, like her eyes like bugging out with the contacts or whatever. Right. She, it, they just looked like normal eyes. Like both her and Unifer just looked 
kind of normal. Yep. Um, yep. Geralt, the same thing in the first two seasons. Like if they close up in their, on their face, there were times where it's almost like the contacts looked like they were a little slightly off center, the part of the eye they were supposed to be on. So mm-hmm. it made their eyes look like they were looking in different directions slightly. Um, but yeah. so they maybe they like new contact brand or something or designer like or they fixed it in post. I mean, you could go back maybe. and re-edit the frames to just kind of slightly adjust them in order to make them look a little bit. Yeah. So they more looked more like clean, I think, like yeah. the that and actual the eyes and stuff. So, yeah, I noticed that especially with Yennefer's eyes and maybe it also had to do with the color. Maybe the color was toned down a little bit because I think so, if, too. If the purple is too bright, it almost looks like it's actually shining light out of her eyes. But that's not how eyes work. The eyes reflect light. But the actual, even somebody with blue eyes, unless there's a lot of light shining in their face, the blue doesn't really come out very strongly. It looks very dull, even mm-hmm. if it's a bright blue, especially on camera. Um, so if you make that too bright in an unnatural way, it really stands out. Whereas like if somebody actually had purple eyes or yellow eyes, they'd actually be kind of a dullish purple or a dull yellow. Yeah, it was definitely, there was like, um, uh, definitely like at the, the Beltane scene, like her eyes were definitely like glowing, even though it was dark. Like yeah. they were like, Geralt looked just like he had just like regular eyes, but hers were like, like the purple was kind of like emitting light just a little bit from the looks of it. Yeah. But like, other than that, like everything looked, I look good. Look pretty good. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for our episode. Obviously, there are things that are different. There are things they could have done better, but there's some stuff that actually works, whether it was in the original stories or not. So it's kind of kind of where we are with it so far. Um, Toasty, I look forward to hearing your your take on episodes three and four next week. So that'll be fun. Should I be worried? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just interested to hear. Like I, okay. I like there's I, I like that I kind of like that you haven't seen the next two. So you're like, well, it seems like they're setting this up, but they might be setting this up and then this is the way the book goes. So I don't know which thing I, they're going to do. I, so it's yeah, kind of fun to see like once it happens for you to be like, "Oh, they actually did that." Or at oh, all, they totally ruined this. So Yeah, I guess we'll see. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm still going to give them cuz like it seems like they're they're giving it in effort in the first two. So it leads me to believe that they are going to try to keep the plot hooks like actually like the way they're supposed to be rather than mixing them up all crazy. Yeah. There's a few little things, but uh, one of my big things from the previous seasons was the whole like teleporting horses across the continent. Mm, yeah, they were traveling. They're they traveling. Like, they're cutting from one scene to the next. There's, there's a but they do. Less they do that. mention like time. So like, like they said that this is like one of the letters Jennifer says that this is our fourth home in as many months. Right. So, so like, there's a point where they're they get clear to the fourth that. house and right. it's been four months. Right. And that like that makes sense that they're right. You know, but progressing the, traveling. One of the things I just pay attention to this because I might be wrong, but there are some situations where you're like, okay, these people are over here. Okay. Now they're over here, but you don't know how much time has passed. So they're, they're being very careful with making it seem like they just teleported from one place to another. Like, in the next day because we don't know if they actually traveled from one place to another. We don't know how much time actually went by. Yeah, so, so there's like a thing that I'm curious about for the show that like might like, uh, obviously it's not going to explain away. It was like some of the egregious shit from last season, but like, so from what I gathered, Yarpin lives in Tidewind. Okay. That's like they went they mm-hmm. went up north. I think they mentioned something about Kaidwini something right. whenever they went up there. So I assume he lives in Kaidwin. Kermorin in the canon is like northeast Kaidwin. Right. So I feel like that leads me to believe and, and until they tell us because they never tell us specifically where it is, I don't think, in the show. Mm-hmm. I think Kermorin is located somewhere else on the continent in the show <laughs> okay but you don't think they're traveling in and around Kaidwin I mean, and the, then redania and then eventually south I to feel Eritusia? like well they can't be on the coast if they're in Kaidwin. that's true that's true <laughs> they, they there's a couple places that are coastal and that yeah. is impossible in Kaidwin. it's landlocked almost like they're, they're zigzagging back and forth like, unless they the went continent. like a full circuit around and went back up which is impo- which is possible it's that's possible. fine like yeah. if that's the case but it's just it would be weird that for them i feel like that'd be weird for them to go that full thing unless they've been running for like i don't know like a year or something like that's a long way to travel yeah yeah it is, it is a little weird but 
it's less egregious we'll call Mm -hmm. it we'll call it that all right well you got anything else you want to share so we can wrap this up uh uh still doing the cyberpunk lore cast um lots of stuff to talk about with phantom liberty coming up um and new uh cyberpunk red drops as well as far as like new uh books and stuff that they're doing there uh so check that out and also check out the uh the place where we're going to use these new uh, cyberpunk red resources, uh, cyberpunk, cyberpunk apostrophe D, the cyberpunk red live play podcast that I do with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang. Nice. Yeah. Go check that stuff out. Robotsradio.net. If you're just looking for links to everything, if you don't remember the actual names, it's easy to find them on there. You can find my other shows as well. I've, I do a bunch of these lore cast shows about the Lord of the Rings and Elder Scrolls and Fallout and Mass Effect and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so come hang out with us in the future, too. We do these on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, usually. Uh, so we'd love to have you jump into the to the chat. So thanks for being here, chat. Toasty, this has been fun. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the next two episodes. And we'll see you again next week. Until then, stay safe on the path. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.